Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm here, Paul Keller, with my uh, man of always the moments, Matt McNeil. He always wonders what I'm going to say, and one of these days I'm going to give him something he's just not even going to be able gonna to make say me anything. just just log off. I'm out. Yeah, just yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's the podcast. That's Thanks that's for it. coming today. That's a wrap. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's or, it. Or I, yeah. that you know, that's the only way I'm going to get this podcast for myself. <laughs> um, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm ready for uh, I'm ready for a day off. Yeah, but it's still got a, a little week. more to go. Yeah, it's been a long week for you. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, I did had my um, finally got freed up some time. I, I got had my testing yesterday for the. From for the oh, my, how uh, was that? I tried, I, Did it go uh, well? Practi- well, I'm waiting to find out the results of the actual written test. That's next week, but okay. I passed all the skills and everything. So, nice. you know, once now now comes the real hard part or the long part is when you actually go to the release process to actually get all that stuff done. But yeah, one step done. All know. that studying's paying off. Yeah, God willing, mm-hmm. you know, there weren't a lot of, there's not a lot of room left upstairs <laughs> or maybe there's a lot of room and I just haven't figured out which you just forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's supposed to be see one, one in one out. I think yeah. it's one in 10 out. Or yeah. Something. Well, 80, but, 20, baby. Hey, um, looks like we got, uh, several good questions today. Any one of them, if I let you go down your normal rabbit hole, uh, we, I may never get you out before the end of the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm. So. All right, um, hit me, man. I'm you get a game. choice. I'm going right. to give. Whatever. I'm going to give you a choice before wow. I. I actually have one. I have, I have, some that were addressed to you, and I have some that were addressed to me as go. You know, like I'm actually getting a fan base. Hey, hey. cool. Uh, people asking me to ask you questions. Okay. None of them have asked me questions about me yet. <laughs> that's either. Well, <laughs> the, the, it is you're going to be me, asking so. me the questions, so that's a good yeah. bet. But I, you know. Um, All right, give I'm game. A, give you a choice. Okay. What do you want? Uh, what well, I don't. What are the well, questions? You got to tell me what the question. I don't know well, what the questions are. I can't do that, dude. This is well. That, how, what's that, the choice then? Like one, two, or three? <laughs> is it picking a door behind door number? Yeah. Okay. Let's and one do... of them might actually have. One of them might actually have money. Oh man! All right. Probably let's not. go door number. I'm gonna say door number three. Door number three. Let me see what we have here today. <sighs> You All need right. some like game show music. Yeah, yeah, yeah no kidding. Well, at least this is not the dating game, you know. Yeah, the date. Oh, remember the dating game music? Yes, I do. Oh my god, I do. Oh, I gotta find. You got to see both sides, and it was like, oh, this morning. <laughs> I love that show, man. I used to watch that when I was a kid. Oh, so good. Now, anyway. you know, we just both dated ourselves, literally. I know. I know. So, all right. Uh, n- 
let me see here. I'm going to pick you number three. There you go. All right. It is. Um, it said, and this one is kind of thrown at me to throw at you. Okay. It says, Matt, you've mentioned that perfectionism is not a good thing on a podcast. However, you haven't expanded on it. So, and it says, Carl, can you take him down the rabbit hole? <laughs> this is going to be so easy. Um, isn't perfectionism a good thing when it comes to aviation safety? I can see how it personally ha has the potential to create problems. What is an alternative to perfectionism, and how can one effectively break the cycle in a way that maintains optimal performance? Please don't, it says, please don't mention my name on the LCA. Yeah, love to work with you at our airline. You'd be a hoot to fly with. Um, keep <laughs> yeah, up that's the what good you work. Think, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have no idea what you're asking, poor guy. Okay. Um, all right. So the question is about perfectionism. And what they said is, I see, I think they said in the question. You said that um, perfectionism is not a good thing. Yeah, but he and, said, uh, I see how it could be suboptimal, right? <laughs> so right, he says, isn't it a good thing when you're trying to do aviation safety? So it's like yeah. a little bit of a conundrum. Yeah. So I don't, from a safety perspective, I think we want to aim at perfection. I think that's a good thing uh, from a safety perspective. When I say perfectionism is a bad thing, I'm saying from a psychological perspective, it's not It's not a good thing. I say all the time, sloppy success is better than perfect mediocrity. I think that is, it allows experimentation, it allows creativity. Um, that's kind of what that means. But let's, okay, so you want me to go down a rabbit hole about perfectionism. Um, the, the reason that perfectionism is a bad thing in terms of human performance is that it does not paint it doesn't allow often a very accurate picture of how you're doing and a way to um it, it shuts down the evaluative process of performance so let me let me explain this if you don't have an accurate picture of how you're doing and a way to use that information to move forward you're kind of flying around blind you're in the clouds with no instruments so the expectation of improvement is really where the seeds of the perfectionistic mentality are planted so thoughts of here's what happens we get thoughts of yeah i did a really good job uh but they're quick they become quickly replaced with yeah but i i, I could always do better that's the perfectionistic mentality when you're on that path and so when you're on this this path of like early success you're building a constant evaluation or elevation of perfection into your measurement of success and failure. And what happens then is you tend to write off your success as, I expect that of myself, and then focus relentlessly on your shortcomings. And so this equates with the tendency to completely overlook those things that you're already doing well. And if you want to look at how do we improve, evaluation is like the genesis of improvement. But if the evaluation isn't done correctly, it's going to be counterproductive. And unfortunately, most people learn to evaluate with this perfectionistic mentality. And the problem is, is that per the perfectionistic pattern is that it at lower levels of performance or achievement, it works really well when like natural talent and just sheer drive is gonna let you fix your mistakes. 
and when you can you can make gains relatively easily just by outperforming or outworking the competitors that are in your immediate circle. But what happens is when you move into more competitive arenas, more competitive levels where everybody's really good, um, like let's just say, let's use sports for, for, for uh, an example. Like if you, if you move from minor leagues to the big leagues, when the pool gets deeper and there's less separating you from others in the group, you're going to have a harder time winning as often. That's just because everybody's really good. And at the lower levels of competition, the perfectionist mentality isn't as damaging because there's there's so many external attaboys, girls, a pats on the back, if you will, uh, that are available for solid performances. But if the level of competition increases, it becomes more difficult to feel good because those external pats on the back become much less often. And we see this at the airlines all the time is people get into th that, you know, they, they, let's say they get to 121 and this is no cut on 135. This is no cut on 91 bike, but like the training environment in part 91 and 135 is very, very different than it is 121. And the big issue I've had a with corporate aviation in many respects that so you pay to get your rating they you, people don't fail out of type ratings in corporate environments because they just you know will figure out how to get you through and it used to be the airlines you know you you either got it or you didn't if you didn't get it they let you go now it's a little different there's a lot of retraining opportunities and it, which is you know is that good or bad we could have a whole discussion around that but at at the higher levels um everybody's good. Everybody's good. And when you get there, the expectation is, is that you can perform. You're not going to get the, wow, you're awesome. Let's give you the participation award. It's like, you need to be able to perform at this level or you can't be here. And so the perfectionism um, is, it, that will start to hurt you at the higher levels where the expectations are higher because you start focusing on all the things that you're doing wrong. Perfectionistic method of evaluation becomes totally ineffective and it becomes totally unhealthy. So if your your personal sense of measurements were, the, were, were based on wins and losses, always doing better, so then the question is like, well, what happens when you aren't winning as often? Well, you know, what happens when you don't, when you've never had adversity? Uh, and now you have adversity and you have a perfectionistic attitude. I'll tell you what happens. The wheels come off. We see this all the time with lift effect. The wheels absolutely come off. So if you aren't, you're evaluating yourself in a productive way, the losses and the failures start to erode your self-confidence. And when you aren't confident, you can't perform as well. And this causes you to fail more often, which starts a very, very vicious, unhealthy cycle. And so this isn't to say that like everybody should get a medal. That's not, not everybody gets a participation award. It's not about trying to feel good for things that you haven't done or, or haven't achieved, but rather it's learning to just like give yourself credit where it's due. And most people spend more time uh, and energy focusing on the things that they didn't accomplish well and completely overlooking all the things that they did accomplish well. It's sort of the proverbial, somebody makes a mistake in the sim and that they, they never recover because they're sitting there focusing on the, the mistake instead of thinking, okay, it's one error. 
uh, but I did a whole bunch of other things, correct? No, they just focus on the error. And so from the perspective of winning or losing, much of this, uh, much of the result of winning or losing is, is actually out of your control. You, you can't control winning. It's a, winning is a result. It's an outcome. And by focusing on things that you can't control, you minimize your emphasis on what you actually can control. And this happens to even like the most successful people in the world. Nobody's immune from this tendency. So to, to beat that, to be able to eradicate that, you've got to know how to evaluate your performance effectively. And there's techniques that you can do this. So instead of buying yourself into negative thoughts and emotions, it's learning how to make effort and improvement. And I'm not talking about perfection here, right? But your main, you know, make that improvement your main priority, which will ultimately result in giving you the greatest potential for having results that are impactful. And so there, there's no there's no silver bullet. There's no magic pill for success. Success requires strong, steady, consistent effort and really being able to actively evaluate yourself on that effort. And most people believe that it's it's it, it takes their best effort on everything. And that's just like dead wrong. So that, you know, we've talked about 80-20 here. I'm a big 80-20 fan. I know you you know, are are fond of 80-20 and it's it's very powerful. So highly successful people give tremendous attention um, on the most important activities and, and then do fairly, and just sort of do fairly well with the rest. Not, I've got to be perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, no, the, you might have to be perfect on 20% or aim for, you know, per, precision on that, but you've only got limited bandwidth. It's called channel capacity. We've touched on it. So you've got to learn to figure out what is most important and then and then like just sort of you know do do fairly well on the rest. And that's a very different mindset than most people that most people have. Yes. Although aviation is is not an athletic activity. I think it's it still is. Like it's a sport. Well, it's a sport, but it's not like where you're physically competing with someone on your physical prowess and your how fast you no, can it's run mental. or how high you can jump. It's the mental side. There is still a, a a very competitive nature with it, where you 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 you're always kind of comparing. The, the, there's the there the temptation to compare how you're doing compared to someone else mm -hmm. drives a lot of people to be for that perfection because they're going, I see how well they're doing, or or here's what the top is doing, and that can drive a lot of that sense of frustration. Um, I think I I have you know my ideas on how I. Uh, mitigate those things when I'm trying to make myself better. Mm -hmm. But what would you say? Because otherwise, if you don't start looking at trying to strive to be better, mm -hmm. it it can cause again that same thing where all of a sudden now you're you're actually moving backwards. Your 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 yep. your skills are eroding. Well, you gotta yes, gotta have goals. Um, you gotta set some benchmarks. But but let me just touch on this again. And this is what separates peak performers from from average. And peak, like we're talking like top twenty percent in any activity, whether CEO or a major league baseball player. You're a hitter. You're a a, a pitcher, position player, um, a pilot, fighter pilot, corporate pilot. Airline pilot, surgeon, litigator, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Figuring out what the most important activities are is key. 
and then having a metric to be able to to evaluate that. When you define success by effort, it anything actually becomes achievable. And when you consistently work toward your goals and honestly evaluate that effort, you deserve the success that comes from that. Okay, so so how do you do that? Well, you have to build a system of evaluation that tells you honestly how you're doing, but actually helps you build on that effort that you need to be successful. So it starts with establishing the right kind of goals. And there's there's no doubt that results are the main driver of almost everything that we do or see, especially in a modern professional world. We're all constantly being evaluated uh, on job performance, uh, on our earnings, even the way that you appear, right? Th- th- these, these things matter. And it's, most people have developed a very strong focus on results thinking. Um, that's called outcome. Process, which is more the active part of engagement, s- tends to go out the window. And then the results are all that we think about. But when we focus only on results, you aren't necessarily building the actual skills that you need to be successful. You weren't you weren't really learning the the you know how how to produce the results, which makes it hard for you to pull yourself out of a slump if you get into one, and it adds pressure that you don't really need. So examples of focusing on outcome over process. Uh, let's just take. Do you want to do aviation? Should we just do that? Since that's primarily sure. okay. And I hear this all the time when it's a mental management issue. Somebody's having checkarditis or they're failing stage checks and there's issues is they are sitting there thinking, am I getting the approval of the LCA or the examiner? What is the examiner thinking? Are they satisfied with what I'm doing? That's the result. Am I going to pass this? What happens if I don't pass this? What happens if I fail? What happens if I get pushed back to the right seat? What happens if I get le- if I get let go? What happens if I you know tank my career? That's the result. Am I going to pass? Am I going to fail this? Am I going to have to repeat it? So on and so forth. And the problem is that we have as human beings is we can't focus on more than a thing or two at once. So if you're trying to read a uh, so here's an example. I've seen this many times. You're trying to program a hold um, into the FMS when you've got to actually build the fix. And you are now freaking out because you're worried that you're going to put in the wrong thing and you're worried that you're going to fail the, 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 that, that maneuver or that portion of the flight. Well, you become so distracted with worrying about the outcome that you don't actually have the right, you don't have the channel capacity to build the hold effectively into the FMS. And that's what they call is the choke. Don't choke. The choke is not because you're predestined to uh, fail. The choke has become, you've become so distracted with the outcome that you d- no longer have the means in the channel capacity to be able to make the, the quote unquote, the shot. So focusing on outcome is the kiss of death in terms of performance. The outcome is is a, is a result. So that's an example. So the point here is that focusing on results or the end product actually makes it harder to produce those results and makes any results that you do uh, that you do produce take take much longer to achieve. And that's the paradox. Focusing on results doesn't produce results. So reformatting your thinking 
to emphasize the process is really the only way to effectively set goals that will actually produce the results that the results that you want to see. So there's a now there's a two types of goals. Let's get into the goals then that you set because you got to have defined goals. Well, there's two types of goals. There's product goals, which are results oriented goals like I want to upgrade, I want to pass, and then there's process oriented goals. You know, and let me go back here. So let's talk about measuring this. So product uh, goals are, are measurable. Like I want to make a certain amount of money. I want to get the promotion. I want to get the fourth stripe. I want to get the type rating. That's a product goal. There's an end. It's you can you can measure that. The process goal is something that is. It, there's no pro. It's it's the path to getting you there. That's the process. So if you think about this, worrying about getting to the destination with not any emphasis on how you're going to get to the destination is insane. Think about that. I mean, just let that sit in for, let that sink in for just a second. If you're like, I've got to get, I've got to get to the top of the mountain. I, I, I have to get to the top of the mountain, but I don't really want to think about how I'm going to do that. (laughs) Doesn't that seem kind of silly? But it happens. We do that all the time. We want something so bad that we're blinded by all the things that it takes to get there. That's right. That's right. And that's what separates the herd from the top. Most people are, and look, we're, our, our society is just like geared to, toward outcome. You know, like if you just have, if you just get this, you know, you'll be good. If you just acquire this thing, this status or, uh, you know, a, a, a something that is like a, you know, a, a product, then, then you're going to be happy. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to be okay, but no path to getting there. No path. It's like, just lose 50 pounds. Okay. But how, what's the pro? Well, you just got to lose the weight. That's just, come on. That's just silly. Very- very few things in life are immediate or, or would I, if from an aviation perspective, perhaps catastrophic, you know, um, and usually if they are catastrophic, they're things that you really don't have much control over. Most things that occur have, like you said, are very incremental and there's a, there's a, there's, it's like the links in the chain of events that cause a mishap. There are so many pieces to it that you don't, it, it's not like you started here and it's right it just, all of a sudden, the end is there. Right. There are things that happened along the way that if you don't think about those things, or what are those things you could you, incrementally you can stop a lot of stuff or fix a lot of things without worrying about the end, because any one of those things in between where you are and where the end is or the end result is would solve that problem. But by worrying it, it's like you're forgetting about all the things in between, and you set yourself up for the very thing that you're fearing. Yes, because you've stopped thinking about how do I how do I do yeah. the things that needs to be done to achieve it, yeah. or do the things that need to be done to stop it from occurring. Yep, yeah. it's and it's a paradox. Like to to say, don't worry about the outcome and just focus on on the 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 process you're in is so counterintuitive to our goal oriented goal centric brains. But it's it's the it's the razor's edge. It's what makes the difference. I mean, there's a famous story of a golfer i can't remember who it was but he he was playing and he won like the he he won the the big you know 
I was like ten million dollars or something. The big Masters, I can't remember what it was. And he's on the 18th hole, and he makes the putt. He didn't know what hole he was on. He didn't know, and he didn't know that he had won. And everybody came running up to him, and he was totally surprised. And he's like, "What? What just happened?" They're like, "Dude, you just won." He was in the zone. He was in the zone. I mean, like that's so amazing. Didn't care. Wasn't. And look, they are playing for a huge amount of money here. I mean, this is not a small. This is not a small thing. This is at the top level, and it has just no concern for the for the outcome. Just f- so engaged in just putt to putt to putt. Didn't even know where he was. Didn't know it was 18th hole. Didn't know he had won. It's just completely in there. And I, I I just think about that all the time. So let's talk about like how do you um, choose what those goals are. Now product goals. They, they need to be realistically high, uh, not n- not so out of sight that you can you can miss them or have a, a just a, a viable excuse for failing. So, like I see this in um, financial stuff with like business guys. They they want I I've got to you know triple my earnings this year. Well, that's sort of or entrepreneurs, right? I want to I want to make you know quadruple how much I earn this year. That might be out of reach and so you know and then if you don't reach it you feel like a failure so set something that is reachable i think a good you know 80 20 right i mean it's 20 percent. let's go for 20 percent and see like something that is re- realistic something that you can hit and then process goals need to be completely within your control something that you have the ability to do every day so setting goals too high and hoping to get close is probably the most damaging thing that you can do to your performance. So like like but the most important thing is thing the point of this is most people choose to focus on product goals over process goals, but the elite performers choose process over product goals 7 days of the week, twice on Sunday. And so 80-20 at a minimum of process over product. The product goal is the end. The process is how the is how you get there. Once you set your goals, and they need to be concrete. So, I mean, there's always the weight loss, right? I need to lose weight. Well, how much, right? Seven pounds. Okay, that's concrete. Proce- process, I need to engage more in my learning. That's too vague. No, I need to set 30 minutes a day going over the FOM. I'm going to set 10 minutes a day going over limitations, I'm going to, that's a much more concrete goal to set. So it really needs to be very, very, very concrete. The more concrete you get it, the the, the likely, the more likelihood you have of, of being able to adhere to that. So then once you do that, it's really important to keep a log of your success. And now here, this gets tricky, right? Because uh, if you think about like in first grade, right, you got a sticker from your teacher for doing a good job, um, that actually is there's there's scientific reason why that works. It's something called reward punishment, and we human beings and primates are governed, and your cat and your dog are governed by reward versus punishment, and it doesn't change when you're an adult. But the problem is, is we don't have our first grade teacher to give us a sticker for when we do a good job. So you have to do that for yourself now. Because nobody's going to do that. Reward, I always thought of it as reward reinforcement. 
well, there's reward and reinforcement, but we're our, our governed behavior is by punishment and by reward. You can reinforce punishment. You can reinforce reward. True. But it's reward versus punishment. That's this behaviorism 101. It dictates our behavior. So you've got to be able to give yourself a, 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 a sticker <laughs> um, unless you can go find your first grade teacher who I'm sure would be happy to give you a sticker. I don't think mine's still alive, but you, you got to give credit where credit is due. And you can do this by creating a success log. So very simply, what did I do well? What is one thing I want to improve on in the next 24 hours or the next flight? And what's one thing I can do differently to help make the above mentioned uh, improvements? How did I do today? with my, for me, my three most important, my one must. When I sit down and figure out what I gotta do each day, right? Holding up the productivity planner, here it is. What is my one must? And what are my three most important? And I just evaluate, how'd I do? How much, you know, did I give myself a score? One out of five. Uh, one is just, I didn't do any of it. Five is I, I crushed it. And I used to, in my logbook, I would write that in my log. My logbook is um, like the the uh, paper one, and then I went to digital, but didn't update it for years. So, like, oh, God, I'm like, hope I never have to go back flying because I don't know how I would even begin to that process, you know. But, but I mean, it's, it's, I would write in the notes, wh what did I do well? What's something that I could make some improvement on? I remember getting my logbook evaluated for a job, and they're like, what? is all this stuff in your logbook. Most people just write who they flew with, right? I was making notes in the margins all over the place of here's where I, I need to improve. That just became my success log. Um, and where, where I could, where I could, you know, how, how I could start to approach making some improvements. We need to be constructive in how we approach our um, outcomes. Yep. As far as what we do, but we shouldn't beat ourselves up. We should acknowledge this is what we did well. This is what we didn't. And how can we do better? So the only, if you want to say the only person you ultimately compete against or, 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 or the effort you're putting forward is towards yourself. And, uh, I remember when I was flying and, uh, back in the military, uh, the comment was that when you reach this level, all, everybody's good. Yep. And, the key is to remind yourself that you're so good you can overcome your own mistakes because you will make them. But you can't let those mistakes define you and you get absorbed in them. And the next thing you know, you've you've created, like you said, that's, that, that uh, vicious cycle that you can't break because, oh, crap, I, you know, what did I just do? Or I can't believe I did yeah. that. And you're forgetting about what's what's the most important thing in aviation, fly the airplane. It's look. It's totally oh. normal to focus on how you're screwing up, but unfortunately, by doing so, you make it more likely that you're going to screw yep. up even more in the future. You got to move forward. Got to move forward. So some of the low-hanging fruit to doing that is one is self-talk. Active and positive statements are much more productive than passive negative ones. You you're laughing because yeah you no know, that's what, yeah I mean I I, it, oh. I I talk about it because it's like a reinforcement for me or uh, to to go you know because I don't want to blow it off because some people say oh, I wasn't a big deal for me those things is how I remind myself because mm -hmm. that way I stand less of a chance of repeating it that's right because I go okay that hey Carl you need you know, whatever um, so yeah I I do that 
I did that all the time mm-hmm. when I when I was in the aircraft or in the sim. When I yep. when I did something that I knew that I could have done better, and sometimes you're looking, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Talking to yourself. Yeah, it's it's important. Self talk is really important. I mean, it it's, works. It's, it's it works. It works and, for me. Yeah. Well, and it works both ways, positive and negative. So uh, you got to be really careful. Got to be constructive, not destructive. That's right. There's the difference. That's right. Uh, You're right. People will tear themselves down. That's not the goal of this. The goal is to to reinforce what the right thing was to have done and to acknowledge that you made a mistake, and not to just just ignore it or not even realize you did it. Yeah. You know. So, but don't be destructive. It it like you said. There's nothing good that comes out of that, and and that's you can take that anywhere in life, relationships, Mm -hmm. anything. Don't destructive doesn't doesn't solve anything doesn't help anybody. Yeah. So it's so that self talk is one. Another is turn evaluation into routine. So the active uh, uh, effective evaluation causes improvement. And there's there's a ton of good research on on this. And look at the outputs. Like make sure that you're measuring the correct output. If you're measuring results instead of effort. Or, or hammering away at the negative instead of reinforcing the positives, it, it, it fails to be evaluation and then it becomes punishment. And I see this mistake made in training centers all the time with instructors where they'll be debriefing and they're just going on and on and on in harping about what went wrong and not spending any time on what went right. And that becomes punishment. That becomes what gets focused on. So you need to understand what did not go well and what is the corrective action, but then you need to dump it as fast as possible. So make sure you're measuring the outputs. And, you know, again, re- reinfor- let's talk about reinforcement. You, you mentioned reinforcement. Reinforcement is more than just anecdotal. Um, it's it's actually chemical, and there's a great book called The Brain That Changes Itself by a guy named uh, Norman Doidge. He's a he's a uh, I think he's a neurologist. He's a physician. Incredible book, and he describes the chemical reactions that take place in the brain when you receive a reward for solid effort. Uh, the brain actually releases uh, a bunch of neurochemicals like acetylcholine and norepinephrine. These are neurotransmitters that that sharpen your mental map for performance and significantly increase your motivation so look the joke of everybody gets a participation award yes you need to be rewarded for your effort um but there is good evidence um and there's there's neurochemistry that's involved that improves performance with with uh with reward and with motivation and reinforcement so um, reward, rewarding yourself for great effort, it creates this positive cycle of um, you know, just improved performance. And you become smarter about how you make improvements and you're much more motivated to search for uh, you know, better methods uh, to increase your success. I'm going to ask a question in a slightly different way because we're getting near the end of this, mm. this, this, this episode. We're talking about t- tools and things to, to help us what about when you're already when you get there? When you're you're in that 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 uh, almost like you're tearing yourself down. How do you get yourself out of it? Yeah, uh, you you need to come back to. Re- I I use sensory data um, 
get back to the present moment. The present moment is the attitude indicator. It's just like if you get turned topsy-turvy and you don't know which way is up, what's the instrument you look at? Attitude indicator. It's the window outside, right? It's like when all else fails, keep the blue side up and the brown side down. Well, for ourself, when we become uncaged, using your direct experience to get back to the present moment is really important. And we've got five senses that are real-time data. They're direct sensory experiences, touch, taste, sight, smell, sound. So if you're kind of like off the rails, and I, I we see it all the time, get totally behind, you're starting to become self-critical, you're worrying about the outcome, you're basically in a red light, you know, it's like full stop, this is this is not good. Wheels are coming off. You've got to be able to to bring yourself back and getting into the present moment is the only way to do that. It gets you out of that future focusing or that past tensing that creates really negative storytelling. So use your senses. So one of the things you could do is just, uh, one of the things I teach people that have a lot of issues in training in the, or in the sim, a lot of anxiety, and that's all levels. It's not just new, this is people 30 year, left seat triple uh you know seven triple seven captains even chuck airman can have anxiety uh around the in the evaluation arena and so i will have people rub their fingers together and even put it up by your your ear just so you can get the sensation of touch and the sensation of sound and that is sometimes enough to pull you out of the catastrophic you know, outcome oriented mindset that is destroying your performance. And it brings you, it gives you a little bit more of a centered place with athletes like pitchers. I teach them to um, go back to their routine, you know, okay, clear the mound with your foot, reset your ball into the glove, find your aiming point, look at the top of the back of the backstop for a minute, then go to the catcher's mitt, do, you know, do your breathing, do your wind up and then release the pitch. It's like, you've got to be able to come back. And the athletics are a great place to look at that, um, where you can see people resetting. Uh, you know, you look at a pitcher that just got, you know, a, a grand slam just got hit off of them. You can see if they're resetting or not. And the, at the pro level, they are 100% re resetting because they're working with mental skills coaches every day. And they are they have to do that. Their job and their career and their income and the, the team's uh, you know viability in terms of winning is dependent on their ability to recover when adversity happens. And it's going to happen. It's not perfect. So Yes, and, and I think in some cases, you mentioned, it's not just the young and inexperienced. Sometimes the people that have the most problems and challenges yes. are the experienced ones because for so long that those issues haven't been there and yes. all of a sudden something happens whatever it may be that all of a sudden shakes the yes. foundation and they really don't have a a mechanism to cope with it because it's not something they've had to deal with for so long and it they become very lost yes um you know it's it i i unfortunately i can speak from firsthand knowledge on that that it's it's a challenge to kind of like you say, reset, uh, recage the gyro, reset, yep. and and get back on the horse and get going again. It's mm -hmm. it's easier when you're younger. You don't have you're kind of going well. I'm still learning. When you right. feel like you're at the top of your game, it's it can be a huge challenge. Agreed. Okay, let's do a number one thing. Um, yep. 
took the words right out of your mouth. I could see you were about going well, there. Yeah. About going there. I have so little to offer, and then you even take that <laughs> away from me. Thank I'm, you. I'm just learning you, man. I'm just learning you. I've yeah, learned, I know. Your, I've learned your tells. Now, I've learned your tells, yeah. man. I know what pitch well, you're no, going to throw. <laughs> I can. I know what pitch you're going to throw, man. No, I don't. I'm just going to end this episode now. <laughs> you're going to end up. You're going to end up. Yeah, you're going to yeah, bean me in the head yeah. now. Um, yeah, oh my so, God, okay. Matt. So here's the big th- self evaluation is arguably the most effective performance tool you can use when used correctly. When used correctly, but most people evaluate things um, that they can't ultimately control, and then causing a lot of negativity, a lot of discouragement and a lack of focus on really high priority activities. So don't underestimate the, if you wanna get out of the perfectionistic mentality, use the evaluation process you know, correctly to help yourself transcend out of that really awful habit that a lot of us, your, yours truly included, has that perfectionistic mentality it's just it's just garbage it doesn't if it gave you an edge i would say do it but the the research shows it does actually it actually does not give you an edge it it hinders your performance that's my thoughts oh there you have it how was that how'd i do not so well you Uh, like uh, the rabbit hole got kind of deep yeah that's kind of to be expected um i know we sound like a broken record hit the like button smash it leave a review tell your friends we just want to keep this podcast growing and growing so you're going to hear me say it at the end of every one of them please help us grow this what we think is a is a a a very worthwhile endeavor to reach so many people that need to hear these um wise sage words from my my gentlemen across i'm just interpreting the data peeps (laughs) (laughs) um if if, keep keep the comments and uh both if you have negative comments that's fine too we Mm want to hear everything uh podcast at lifteffect.com thank you and as always we look forward to seeing you and hearing from you and uh until the next podcast have a great day have a good week everybody Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance-related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. 
The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect podcast.